Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about where you should buy your first home. Every property professional says that this is the number one question that they get asked. It's like, if you could only answer this question, you'd be set. The problem is that the answer is never simple, but there is a simple process that you can follow that will lead you to the right answer for you. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it, Veronica? It's the question that we get asked most commonly at barbecues, at dinner parties, people who catch us in the street, um, people who come to us as as buyers agency clients. It is, where should I buy? And you and I are pretty strong on this, and that is no one should answer that question for you. Definitely not. And it's funny, actually, because I was interviewing Eliza Rowan. She's a, an economist at CoreLogic. And, mm. um, and she said, oh, the, I said, what's the number one question people ask you? Oh, where I should buy? And I went, yeah. isn't that interesting? <laughs> so it is across the board. But with well, someone like- brokers tell us that too, don't they? Yeah, you know, the first they question they get, you know, how much can I borrow and where should I buy? And then when you get, do a story for the papers or for a magazine or whatever, yeah. and they say, okay, can you just give us your top 10 suburbs? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> For I what? will not. What, what top 10 are <laughs> According to what? What's the criteria that we're using here? So it's just not an answer that someone should ever give you. And and some people do try and answer that question, don't they? And, and, and they could be really well-meaning, mm-hmm. like, you know, family really want to help, maybe your colleagues at work. Um, they may actually have an ulterior motive. And that's, you know, oh. people who yeah. maybe are trying to push something because they have a reason Ooh. for you, want, you know, wanting you to buy in an area. Spruikers, agents, agents will suggest where they've got listings. That's their job. They've got to sell the properties that yes. they've got for sale. <laughs> you know, there's, and- they're not going to send you to the suburb that they don't have any listings in. No, but they'll also trot out data that makes their, their suburb look really favourable. You know, and they'll talk yeah. about lots of new developments and they'll talk about, you know, new growth airports and, and infrastructure yeah. and, oh, and, and a growth hub. There's a good one. What the hell is a growth what hub? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that I've ever used in my 20 years. I don't know about you, but growth hub. Anyway, oh, that's, yeah. it, it, sounds, it, it sounds funky and that's okay. But then there are other people who think they're experts and, and these are people who... Um, 
want to give their opinion because they think they've done something right along the way. It's the Uber driver, it's the taxi driver, it's your boss, it's your friend who mm. purchased a unit last week and, uh, and and think that because they've been through this this once that they know everything but really they don't know what they don't know and they certainly don't know what your needs are. Do you know, I, um, I once went on a date, no, back in my single days, not that long ago, um, my most recent single days. Um, and I went on this date and this person opened their mouth and just started telling me without realising really, I guess, what I do for a living, um, the answer to, you know, basically this is where you should buy, this is how you build a property portfolio. Wow. It was like I sat there just like, Ooh, hmm, well, this is like really fascinating. Red rag to a ball. <laughs> well, it was, I was very well behaved actually. I just sort of held back. But the funny thing for me was that, this person doesn't really know that I'm interested in property. This person doesn't really know. Okay. I mean, they know they're sort of, I'm in it, but they don't necessarily know what I do, anything. Mm. But it was just so volu- just so naturally offered as this is a great strategy. And right. you know what? When I dug a little bit, that person had lost quite a lot of money in property that didn't uh, even realise they right. lost purely because the worst property they still owned. And mm. it was losing money without them even realizing. So don't know what that's you don't just know. That's really a good example thing, of people it? who, yeah, that's just we, they, we give ourselves far too much credit in many cases. But anyway, so those sort of people, like you often, and I, jumping into a plane and going, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. This. I've been in a, I've been in a plane a lot. I can fly this thing. <laughs> oh my god, that's so gold! I love that. I was here. I was thinking in my team, we were actually we're sort of digressing here a little bit, but we were we were um, brainstorming analogies for the current market for a hot market. And yeah. just because I just want to say it was a bit like I said, my one is it's like driving a smart car on a freeway. Oh, well, the market's really hot. There are cars whizzing by you. They are fast. And then you get onto the freeway in a smart car. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's sort of what it would feel like, I would imagine. Anyway, we digress. Well, if you don't actually like that, and sorry, we digress again, but it's (laughs) almost like saying, you know, I want to get to point from point A to point B in the quickest way possible. So I'm going to jump on a horse. Um, and, and, and that's so antiquated and outdated and not, probably not even really possible. Um, (laughs) and, and if you're going into a property market with little knowledge or the wrong information or, or, um, not knowing what you don't know, then you don't even know that the horse isn't allowed on the highway. (laughs) Oh God. So yes, it's full of dangerous things. Back to topic. The topic that you're asking where to buy your first home and all the people that give you well-meaning advice often without (laughs) knowing a single thing about property so or about you right and they do that's what we really want people to embrace and understand is that working out where you should buy is really unique to you Mm. it is not an a question that other people can answer for you um veronica we've we've developed a a a 3p process a systematic um, process that involves an analysis of price property position you know these very important things that you need to think about and how they relate to you you alone not anyone else but you and your life stage and your family and your financial capacity and and your needs and 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 at your work and where you like to live and what you like to do um that that's really unique to you and and working through that process and understanding 
what you can give up, what you can't give up, what's fixed, what's comparable, a, a compromise that you can make. This is this is a process that people have to put themselves through so that they don't, you know, spend months and months and months in the wrong place. Oh, they just go around and around in circles and in limbo, mm. a horrible way to live. Mm. You know, it's um, someone once said to me, you know, you know, a salesperson said you can get something that's cheap, fast or good. Is it those three things? You can't get all three in one in one package. You can't get it good and cheap. You can't get it, or, you know, anyway. So the, the, the basic principle is with, with the property search is that you've got three Ps, right? You've got price, you've got property, you've got position. Your budget, you what said. you can pay. Yeah. Yep. The property itself is is you know the is it a unit, what makes up that property house, is it how is it a house is it unrenovated is it renovated is it got mm-hmm. parking has it got three bedrooms two bedrooms you know is it modern is it is it period renovated etc etc so the elements of the actual property itself are then the position or the location and so the reality is that nobody can actually afford everything that they want no. nobody. No, whether and, you've and got you five hundred thousand or five million, you still got a compromise on something. There. Yeah. <laughs> so so yep. the ugly C word, the compromise <laughs> word. And embrace so, the compromise. Embrace the compromise. <laughs> face up to the compromise. Because so of those three P's, the price, the property, or the position, one of them is going to give a bit more than the other two. So and everybody's result here, the, the the choice that every individual buyer makes is absolutely unique to their own circumstances and what is available in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so there is a process, as Megan said, we've developed it, which is the Where to Buy Workshop, and it's been mentioned in the intro to this uh, podcast, and we offer this process to you for only $39, right? So you can actually do the where to buy workshop and go through this process so that you can with confidence know and understand which one of these three P's you're going to compromise on or bend on or flex on or however you want to say it, but where the compromises are going to be that are unique to your circumstances. And what you can't compromise on. And I think sometimes that's just as important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Knowing what you will and what you can't, because if you can't, then you shouldn't. Um, And and that's Mm. really important to embrace as well, because for a lot of people, price that you pay, your budget is fixed. And and the bank will sometimes determine that for you, and it's that your that's your borrowing capacity. Mm. So, if your maximum is your borrowing capacity, then you can't flex on price. You've got to work out how. What am I going to flex on in terms of the property or the position, the location that I purchase in? And and by putting in the research, you can start to make really well informed decisions about what you can and should compromise on, and what you absolutely can't. No matter what, you'll end up in a pickle and 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 really struggling in in the wrong ways. If you if you don't follow the process properly and you don't understand where you can't flex or you can't compromise. And as you said, it's putting in research. And and this is the thing. There is no shortcut to this. Mm. It isn't a quick process. It does take a lot of time and effort and a lot of self-reflection, but absolutely it's worth the effort because I've got all these weird analogies. You should know that about me by now if you've been listening to this podcast long enough um, or anything that I put out there. So I've got this sort of, (laughs) this is the analogy I've got for buying a property, right? It's like going through a turnstile. You know how like you go through a turnstile, maybe into a football arena or something, and you've you've put your coin in or your token and you go through the turnstile and then you can stand on the other side of the turnstile, you can look back, you can see where you came from. But that turnstile's locked. It only goes one direction. You can't go back. 
Once you buy a property, that's where you are. You're on the other side of the turnstile. If you regret that purchase, you can't go back. Not without losing money or not without some severe inconvenience. You know, if, if if you make a mistake and you need to get out of that quickly, you've just at least, even if you can sell it for the same price you paid for it, you just lost your stamp duty. Lost your cost. Um, mm. Yeah, exactly. So, and time, because if the market's, you know, you might have, should be buying another area, it might have gone up. So all those sorts of things. It's a very, very important thing to get right. You don't want to have regrets. Mm-hmm. And so that's why really putting the time in and understanding really what the implications are help you make that decision with absolute clarity. If you decide you're going to go for something unrenovated, you know without a shadow of a doubt that that's the right thing for you when you've really thought everything out and you've actually thought about the alternatives before you've landed on that decision. Yeah. And it's forcing, the process actually forces you to explore whether really you want to renovate or if you're pushed a little bit more on price or change your position, what what could a renovated one look like? How much would it be? Or where could you buy it within your budget that's that's a bit different? So what what we want people to do is open their minds to things before they shut down to the the, the factual on the ground feet going, you know, it cuts out such a waste of time and energy searching in the wrong places or for something that doesn't exist you know it's making yes. sure that yeah <laughs> that you, you could be looking in an area for two years and get really cranky at the market because the market's not delivering what you want but you're not going to change that mm. <laughs> you've got to change it's so true and it's, it's like you're fighting against reality and it's like you fighting the property market you're gonna lose <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> waging a one-man war on the property market <laughs> yes which we know people would have we've had a we student do. that we've did that but he's did that he's a reformed <laughs> we do man. talk about that in the tutorial actually <laughs> yes. which is uh, yeah a really good a really good one because th- those people were stuck in this paralyzed state of inaction because they just simply couldn't get their head around what they needed to accept and that was it is what it is Um, Mm. you can't change it the only thing you can change are your expectations and your 3p mix uh, and and that helps you move forward as a not just being a searcher for property but an owner of a property and that's really what we want people to do but in a really secure mistake-free methodical way that means that they get there without missing a step And that step-by-step is so, so, so important. Now, there's a couple of things. The the price element, right, this is where people really, the the scales come off their eyes, if you like. You know, by really saying and nearly testing, have I set my budget max at what I want to pay, what I'd like to pay, or what I can pay, or what I need to pay. And really going through that exercise to work out what should I be paying? What should my budget be? Now, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people, they are are capped. They've done everything they can do to to save their deposit. They are capped. There's no flex with their budget at Mm. all. But other other buyers, other first-time buyers, they actually do have flex with their budget. They've limited their budget because they want to stay under a cap or they want to avoid paying LMI or, you know, there's a number of reasons why you might. They want to qualify for a grant. Yeah, or it might Mm. just feel safer, you know. Mm. But then when you actually do the exercises, we show you how to do it, sometimes, and this is not always the case, but happens often enough for us to absolutely recommend that you do this, sometimes an extra $50,000 gives you an extra bedroom. 
<laughs> or it gives you significant outdoor space or a potential, a house that has more potential to actually add value to in the future and you will stay there longer. So there are ways, there are a lot of false economies in the ways that we limit ourselves at the beginning of our property search. And yes. so part of this where to buy workshop and the process that we take you through and part of the exercise of working out where should you buy is about testing that budget to make sure you haven't inadvertently limited yourself in a way that's actually going to cost you more money sooner mm. rather than later. Yeah, and then there, there are sometimes opportunities just outside psychological barriers, you know, those zero numbers like 500 or, mm. or 750 or a million, you know, they're, they're barriers that people often set for themselves because they feel comfortable. But mm. as you say, there, there could be opportunities just above those kinds of limits because other people aren't looking in them. You may get a little bit more or less competition if you just push slightly above. Now, we're not here telling people to increase their budgets. That's not it. What this process is about is testing your assumptions, testing, opening your mind, checking things out, being methodical about it, and then making really well-informed decisions about what the right things are for you. And through that process, actually arriving at the where to buy, the answer to that question that's unique to you, where can I buy the property that is going to suit me within the budget that I've set for myself, having been through this process. So nice and structured, methodical, a lot of navel gazing, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of conversations if you're buying with a partner. Um, these are all really, really good things to do rather than just rushing out and regretting making a bad decision because of haste. And on the other side, the other sort of exciting discovery side of this is very much around the other locations that might be fantastic. So areas that you hadn't actually included on your sort of first or second priority um, suburb list, you know, looking outside those areas just to test just to see what's the commute like, what are the people like in that area, what's the lifestyle like, you know, Imagine yourself in five years' time, if, particularly if you're thinking of having kids, you know, like is that the sort of person that I think I'm going to be? You know, that, is, that, is that the area where I will mm. fit into the community really well, where I want to bring up my kids? And yeah, so it's about kids enjoy hanging out with these kids. Do, can we go yeah. to the park? And there are oh, other people like us oh. who, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's and not all about really just, important thing. Well, totally. It's yeah. not just about kids though, is it? I mean, the fact is that not everyone wants them and not everyone's going to have them. Or mm. some first-time buyers are actually buying at a later stage in life mm. when the kids are moving out of home. So, but, but it's just as important to just project yourself into where am I going to be in five, ten years? Is that an area? What other areas would actually be really, really good for me? Where, are, where else could I look? And so there is a process included in the Where to Buy you know, workshop and how to, to start exploring that and how to actually not waste your time chasing more rabbits down holes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, I don't know about you, you but can. Um, <laughs> if you enjoy that, great, do it. But, you know, um, there, there does come a point too if you're chasing something that doesn't exist, the agents will stop talking to you. Um, oh, yes. And they are such a conduit to information and access to properties that you don't want to be the person that they roll their eyes and say, oh, my God, these people are never going to buy. They are so unrealistic. So getting yourself realistic and going through this process actually puts you in a really good position to interact effectively with agents and get the information mm. that you need um, to act, to actively find, assess, evaluate, negotiate and purchase the first property that will get you onto the ladder. That is so true. 
cutting out a lot of wasted time. I mean, doesn't that just sound appealing? And the energy <laughs> that is taken that you, you do, you go around and around in circles and it's mind-blowing. So, you know, looking in the wrong place, looking for properties that don't exist or just keep thinking that must be, it must be, it will come up, surely it should come up, all this <laughs> sort of should and would and could. Once you actually research actual, actual property Take data that, that makes to sense how to work out whether it does exist that's exactly right then you're sort of not chasing um you know unicorns ridiculous dreams <laughs> yes unicorns we've got rabbits down holes we've got unicorns <laughs> have we done rat up a drain pipe no well when you well, find the one. right one you'll be like a rat up a drain pipe going to buy it <laughs> god how very ocker oh um, my god <laughs> Right. Well, we actually teach this process in the Where to Buy workshop, as I mentioned earlier, and you can access the tutorial for only $39. And if you value your own time, this really is priceless because it will literally save you months and months and sometimes years of trying to work this out all by yourself. And you may never actually get there. Yeah, it is, and it, and it is um, it is a, a, an effort in self reflection and also um, challenging your own thinking and challenging what other people say to you. But it puts you in a really good place to stop the noise that might be coming from other people that puts you off course too. So I think that's oh, yeah. a really valuable thing to have under your under your belt as well is to be able to say, "Oh, I hear you, but I I'm going to let that go through the keeper. It's not part of my journey." Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Veronica, I'm glad we got to talk about this because it is something that we really enjoy doing. The workshop is something we love running um, with students, but now having the tutorial available, um, people can do that at their own leisure in their own time frame and they can come out with with some really, really practical tools to move forward in their search. So um, get into there, enjoy it. 